yeah, like, Ow, they're like, oh, use the sorry sandwich, but I don't want to because I'm really not sorry. It's a sandwich full of sorries. <laughs> it's a delicious sandwich. I don't Is give it a, a fuck. Is a hot sandwich or a cold sandwich? A cold <laughs> it's sandwich. It's a cold sandwich. <laughs> it's a cold existence. Revenge is a dish best served cold. Did you ever see Megamind? Yes, it's been years. But it can easily be reheated in the microwave of evil. <laughs> I love you too, random citizen. <laughs> it's, re- it's revenge and it's best served cold. <laughs> I call it formal speed walking. <laughs> Oh, it's such a good movie. Oh my goodness. It completely got overshadowed by Despicable Me, but it's fine. Yeah. I love Despicable Me too. I do oh too. my gosh. I'm having a bad, bad yep. day. It's about time that I get, I my, get way. my way. Skating over whatever, whatever I, I see. see. Uh, uh, Despicable, Despicable Me. me. If you take it personal, that's Kay. okay. Watch. This is so fun, so to, fun see. to see. Uh, uh, despicable, despicable me. me. <laughs> Hello, Fred. <laughs> I fucking love Pharrell. Me too. He did all of them, didn't he? He did all the soundtracks for all of them. Yeah. Hello, Fred. I'm happy. Your dog has been leaving little bombs all over my yard, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> Oh, you know dogs. They go wherever they want to go. Unless they're dead. Ha 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 Oh, I'm joking. Though it but is no, true. seriously. <laughs> I love that There's a really good one you can play to that, too. Uh-huh. My ex and I used to come up with drinking games to kid movies because they're the fucking best when you're drunk. So yeah. The Despicable Me one is that you drink every time... Um, I think it's every time he says light bulb, every time Agnes says something cute. Like, there's a whole big Aww. list with that one. The easiest one is Monsters, Inc. Oh, Because yes. you just drink every time they scream, and you'll just be wasted. Wasted. There's a whole montage of screaming in that movie. <laughs> where literally, it's just like when they're on the scare floor for the first time, and it's just doors, uh-huh. and it's just... Oh, my yeah. God. It's amazing. They're oh, wait. This is Talk Crooked, by the way. <laughs> You are listening By the way, to Talk Crooked. <laughs> you just got to hear this us sing Pharrell. Yes. This is the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject. I'm sorry. Continue. My name is I'm Kay. Carrie. Um, okay. We're so having a rough day, so we're having tequila. Yes. Lots of tequila. We've, We've already, already done a shot, a shot, and now we're sipping some lovely margaritas because it's been that I kind of a fucking week. Yeah, yeah. Yay. She hit the flow. <laughs> Next thing Next you thing know. You know. Shout out low, 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 low. And now low. we're starting our record label. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, oh my god, but um anyway, like my mom would have like one oh one the beat on all the time mm-hmm. and that that was my shit. And um That's my shit. That's my shit. Sorry. Oh, there's that's thought a good I'd song throw too. some Gwen Stefani in. Yeah. Right? That's Gwen Stefani, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. I was like, singing that song today at work. Because <laughs> I was stressed. I understand. <laughs> my mom was, like, my mom would raise me on that. Mm-hmm. And 
we listened to it up until I was in like middle school. And then all of a sudden she decided that we were not listening to that anymore. We were listening to Way FM all the time and we were going to church and I'm like, oh, this is, this is a huge That's turnaround. So <laughs> like, See, I grew up on country and then I learned every single word to I've Got Friends in Low Places by Garth Brooks as a two year old. Nice. <laughs> and then my parents decided to switch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, we decided. I still think I know every word to Chattahoochee. Um, it's weird. Josh will turn on really old country music, and I just like revert immediately. And it's like I know every single word, and I haven't heard it in like thirty years, literally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but and then we switched over to like just all Christian stuff all the time. Maybe with a few like like some seventies classic rock thrown in mm. and then like my first cd that i got that was secular music um was backstreet boys black and blue <laughs> nice and then after that which was just a gift from we did secret santa on my basketball team and mm. this is when depression started for me because nobody knew me oh <laughs> well like my friend the girl that drew me came up and asked me what i wanted because she didn't know what to get me Aww. Yeah, it's fine. I was a huge weirdo. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I was too. Yeah, no one wanted to be around why me. Why we found each other. Um, yeah. So, and um, then after that, it was Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne's Aww. first album, "Let Go." Oh, all right. Well, anyway, now <laughs> that everyone's done <laughs> listening to us gab for ten minutes um, <laughs> about nothing, it's fine. We were singing too. They got a concert. That's fair. They got free a free concert, concert, y'all. I know you loved it. Um, so today we are going to talk. be talking about, um, we're going to have a little bit of a lighter episode today, which Thank God. I appreciate. Yeah. I don't feel nervous about this one at all. We can have a little more fun with it. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be talking about um, the double standard surrounding politeness and apologizing. I know my cat likes to sleep with her head upside down. It's really funny. It's so cute. I really cute. don't get it. I don't understand how that's comfortable. Like, her whole body is straight, and then her <laughs> head is just, like, upside down. Like, bent <laughs> over, upside down, with just, like, like she's doing a headstand, but not really. But she flopped <laughs> over and just left it that way. <laughs> like, that's what she looks like. I love she's it. She's so silly. Baby girl. Anyway. <laughs> so, I found some really good um, articles on this. Three different articles, actually. And one of them mentioned... Uh, the first way to get started into this, I'm not, I don't have a definition because I think we all know what rudeness and politeness and apologizing is. There's not really any, any point there. Um, it was really hard for me to find articles for a while. Actually, I had kind of a little bit of case stripping. (laughs) I had kind of a hard time finding, um, actual articles that were digestible as opposed to, (laughs) I'm about to do the same thing, um, as opposed to like dissertations that people that were like pdfs of people's like pd phd pdh i'm drunk phd (laughs) dissertations and like thesis theses that they wrote to get degrees and shit like that which would have been way too fucking complicated you know what i'm saying yeah and just dry i couldn't sit no i didn't i love you you to sit through it and i didn't want to tell you so (laughs) um so i found a couple of really good articles um, so this one is, it's called The Incredible Double Standard of Rudeness, and it is written by a man, just to let you know. Um, I really like it when I can find stuff like this that's feminist, that's written by men, so that it doesn't seem like just, I did find another one, um, one of my ones, because we're going to talk about, I'm going to throw out some examples of times when we don't have to be polite, 
Um, honestly, so, okay, Aww. let me let me start over. So, the thing that kind of brought this to my attention is we both listen to a podcast called My Favorite Murder, which is incredible. We get to mm-hmm. see them live. Um, I get to see them live twice because um, I'm, I'm, I'm going in Cincinnati, and then I'm going with Kay and a couple of our friends here um, down in Nashville. Um, which I am so excited for. Oh, my God, I can't for. wait. We're going to go see them at, um, fuck, what is it? The Opryland Theater Ooh. or whatever. Yeah. And, like, the week before that, we also get to go and see And that's why, why we, we drink. drink. I'm so excited. We yeah. got to get business cards made, girl. Yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> anyway, so um, so we can just shamelessly plug <laughs> all over the place. Hey, hey, have y'all hey, heard have y'all our heard? podcast? Do y'all like to laugh? Come listen. Um, so <laughs> um, I'd have no problem doing that. It's going to be a two-drink minimum. And I'll have all the confidence in the world. I'll just be like, hey, listen to our podcast. Anyway, so. Hey, Karen, Georgia, take this. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> just throw it at their faces. Um, okay. So we listen to this, to this podcast called My Favorite Murder. And they do true crime exclusively. Mainly murder, if you can't tell mm-hmm. from their title. Um, <laughs> and they're way more famous than us. I don't know why I'm explaining what their podcast is about. Um, but they're incredible and it's it's two hilarious women and they have a whole mantra that's kind of bloomed out of their telling of stories of true crime which is fuck politeness because a lot of times these women like not to victim blame but a lot of times these women will get themselves into situations where their gut is telling them to run or is telling them to slam the door in this weirdo's face or to not roll down their window or you know what i'm saying but they they, they're we're afraid of being rude and so we do it anyway you know yeah. what I'm saying? Or, like, the fear of people thinking we're rude. And their whole mantra of fuck politeness is, like, if you're in a situation where you're uncomfortable, fucking leave. You don't have to be polite. You don't have to worry about offending the creep on the subway that's making you fr- that's making you uncomfortable. That kind of thing. So that's kind of what yeah. opened my eyes to it. And then we also watched a movie. This incredible movie came out called um, A Simple Favor, um, which is all about... Apo- and there's this whole thing. It's not all about apologizing. It's an incredible crime thriller which yes. you will never guess the ending to if you haven't seen it yet it's absolutely incredible and i want to marry blake lively um <laughs> and anna kendrick at the same time and just live in a big pile but <laughs> they um the the movie is incredible because emily bring uh, blake lively's character emily brings brings up the fact that anna kendrick's character stephanie is always apologizing and she apolo- she's mm-hmm. always constantly apologizing um and she's like, you need to stop. She's like, oh, you got to stop apologizing. Oh, don't worry about it. It's a fucked up female habit and stuff like that. And it, it really brought yeah. it to my attention more about how many times, how much I apologize on a daily basis. Yeah. And I apologize for fucking existing. Everything. Kay always yeah. apologizes. And I do not mean to. It just slips out. Yeah. But yeah, like just reflexively. They even, they do it in Canada. I found out they've actually outlawed it in Canada. No, not outlawed it. That's not correct at all. I'm drunk. They have made apologies inadmissible in court because Canadians just in general uh, just reflexively say sorry so much that that could be considered an admission of guilt when it's really just a reflex. Yeah. Like saying, oh, sorry, I tripped or oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Like they just they say it all the time, apparently. (laughs) I should have been born in Canada. <laughs> um, I was reading something along those lines in America. Like, if you say sorry, that's an admission of guilt. And that is completely usable in, in court. court yeah. So, be very careful. <laughs> I mean, unless you're fucking guilty, then just, like, yeah. go for it. 
Um, <laughs> Unker. If you're guilty, please apologize. Unker. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's dig into this article. So um, I don't know how many of you guys have seen the show The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix. It's hilarious. Um, Titus Androgynous is one of my favorite queer characters of all time. He's fabulous. <laughs> um, and also, I cannot think of the gr- what the girl's name is who plays Kimmy. She's she plays Aaron. Yeah, on she, the yes, office. and I can't think um, of her name. What's her name? We're gonna have to find out. She's so fucking talented, and so funny, <laughs> in her very specific like little kiddish way. And I just find her so cute. You're more beautiful than Cinderella. <laughs> you have a f- you smell like pine needles, and you have a face like sunshine. Oh, <laughs> you have to see that movie. It's so good. <laughs> Oh we we God. can rent it for our movie night. I own it. We're not renting shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> Girl, I've well, got it. Ooh, Steve Carell is sexy now. Have you seen right? that movie? Good God. Silver Fox, man. Mm-hmm. He is pulling off that great. Ellie Kemper. Okay. Ellie Kemper plays Kimmy. And um, so there's a wonderful scene in the first season of the Un- of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Um, and Tina Fey, uh, Tina Fey wrote it, by the way. No wonder it's amazing. Um High five to funny women. So it's about a woman who is rescued from an apocalypse cult. Um, and so freshly liberated from their underground prison, Kimmy and the other hostages go on the Today Show where Matt Lauer asks them how they fell into captivity. Um, and one of the women, Cindy, says that she was abducted while working at a restaurant. So, quote, yes, I waited on Reverend, Reverend Richard a bunch of times at, at York Steakhouse. I worked at a York Steakhouse I worked at, and one night he invited me out to his car to see some baby rabbits. And I didn't want to be rude, so here we are. <laughs> That's what she says. I'm not going to lie. I would probably C- go see baby rabbits, Cindy's too. characters a lot. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> I'm always, and then quote, Matt Lauer says, I'm always amazed at what women will do because they're afraid of being rude. I definitely have encountered this, especially in customer service situations. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, for years, I didn't know that I didn't have to put up with that shit. You know what I'm saying? And for so long, I was so, so afraid of being fired and so afraid of people not liking me that I just complied. And it was Mm -hmm. nerve wracking, especially when it comes to men and especially because we both worked for a company where we were alone at night, like in the building by ourselves, the majority of our shift. So when you're trapped and you can't leave, you know what I'm saying? It's not like you can just walk out of the building and leave. It's not like you're going in Kroger and some weirdos following you while you're shopping. You're you're trapped at work behind the counter and you can't go anywhere and they will take advantage of that shit. Oh yeah. Well, not even just men, like uh, women too. I mean, it's, yeah. I had a guy come in the other day, and, like, I was working the day shift, which, thank God, mm. but um, this guy came in, and, like, he he had this balance that he had to take care of, and he was like, yeah, I went to prison, and everyone seems to forget about you when you go to prison, and just kept harping dude, on the fact I've that he- Dude, I've had a dude do that, too. Yeah. He had just gotten out of prison, like, two days before this, and I was just like, you need to You leave. need to stop? Like- <laughs> And, like, he kept, tr- like, trying to figure out. He was like, hey, do I know you from somewhere? And I'm like, no, your total is 1196. You know me from here. <laughs> like, yeah. How long was your prison sentence, bro? Yeah. Ugh. 
I Ugh. like rushed him out of the store. I was just like, I'm very like if you want ma- if you want people to accept, like it's fine to have been to prison and served your time mm-hmm. and come back out. I mean, depending on what your crime is, obviously it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, but don't fucking make people uncomfortable. Like, what the hell? Yeah. It's not your fault he went to prison. Yeah, it's not your fault people forgot about him. Like shit. And you know what? It wasn't the day shift. It was a Friday night shift. Okay, where I was there until really, and I was just very. I was very concerned. Weird shit had been happening all day, so I was not surprised. Of course it was. It was you. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, so this is a joke um, that satirizes the double standard that allows men to be rude and assertive, but not women. Mm -hmm. Um, So Cindy, who followed a strange man into his car out of a sense of obligation, became a victim of his imperative for women to always became a victim of this imperative for women to always be polite. I also wanted to pull this from another article called You Don't Have to Be Polite, But You Might Be Punished If You Aren't. I thought this was a really good introduction. It says, uh, most women can think back to some time when they encountered a creepy guy or just simply didn't feel like talking, but felt like they needed to politely nod along or find some delicate way to extricate themselves from the conversation. There's a complicated set of calculations that goes into deciding how to respond. Are you alone? Are you in a public place? Is feigned politeness the fastest way to cut things short? Um, (laughs) Women are taught to feel like we owe men something, even if they're strangers and we've expressed no desire to engage with them. And that doesn't mean that you're, like, explicitly taught to act like we owe men something. Like, that's not what it's saying. It's not saying that your mom sat you down and said, now you owe men something. Yeah, no. Because we ate the apple. Like, that's not why. (laughs) Well, we do this with anybody. Yeah. Man, woman anything in between like yeah absolutely even if they're strangers and we've expressed no desire to engage with them i was once walking this is from the article um i was once walking down the street with a friend when a random guy said hey ladies you want some company i was continuing to walk on stone-faced while my friend cheerily replied no thanks but thank you for the offer It was an extreme example, probably influenced by a small-town upbringing, but it speaks to how ingrained it is that we must preserve our image as polite people. Which then, and then that's the problem, is that then he thinks that's appropriate behavior. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I had a friend almost hit a guy with a car because he was drunk and flirting with us, and it was, I think it must have been his wedding night. Uh, or like the his his bachelor party oh okay Uh, the bachelor party sorry (laughs) i was like i'm drunk (laughs) Um, but he like followed us out to her car and she almost ran him over she was like not fucking Uh, having it and i was like really uncomfortable so i just followed her lead but nope yeah nope hard pass Mm hard pass which and then there's me now where I go to Walmart and I, I mean, it, basically anywhere I go now, I have my headphones in because I just, I don't want the small talk. I want to yeah. get into Walmart and out without engaging with anybody, which is sad, but I'm sorry I'm not fucking interested in your grandkids. Mm-hmm. I don't know you. I don't know what your intentions are. I don't, and I'm also just, I'm paranoid. You know what I'm saying? So it helps yeah. relieve my anxiety to know that no no stranger is going to come up and talk to me because I've made myself look unapproachable. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but like I would go into, I would have to, like when we were renovating this house before we moved in, I would have to like close up at the store where we work at 11 or midnight and then go to Walmart and get paint supplies or whatever, and then drive an hour out here. You know what I'm saying? And, Mm -hmm. um, like I remember being in, this was when I decided I was going to start wearing headphones all the time. 
was I was in there and I was getting like rollers and like roller trays and shit like that. And I remember. Yeah, this. a couple. It was literally one or two in the morning. And this dude comes up and says, hey, are you painting? And I looked at no. it. I just stone faced looked at him and said, yes. Why the fuck else would I be buying rollers? You like what kind of a fucking line is that? I'm using this and, to spread the blood uh, of my sacrifices. Which, yeah, and like, of course, I'm right where I want to be, which is Walmart yeah. at two in the fucking morning, alone. Yeah. And then he kept trying to ask me things, and I was just like, <sighs> like, why? Why must we? Leave people alone. Just, <laughs> like, I didn't, hey, do you need any help? And I was like, no, I think I got it. And he kept talking to me and kept talking to me, and I was like, just please stop. Yeah. Just please and I'm sure people are going to comment and be like, oh, well, you can still be nice. It doesn't mean blah, 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 blah. But I mean, I, it's so hard when you work in customer service or when you, not that not everyone is attractive in their own way, but like, but when you are an attractive female to walk through life and be nice without it being misconstrued, even yeah. with a wedding ring on your hand, it's really, really upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so probably gonna cut all that out but anyway um so a new opinion poll from apnorc illustrates the gender gap in civility women and men report vastly different opinions about rudeness according to a breakdown of the data provided to the west washington post i've lost the ability to read um mm -hmm. so men are about twice as likely as women to say that it's acceptable to make fun of someone's race or gender oh Not shit. i work with dudes um, yeah, there are things that they say that anyway, um, <laughs> I just have to, I'm not trying to start drama at work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If they ask me my opinion about their joke, I give it to them. But otherwise I just don't laugh and just do your don't work. laugh and do my work. Yep. Um, and that's what I'm saying. We're, you don't have to go out of your way to be rude to people. But what I'm saying is we don't have to always be polite. Yeah. It's not a problem to show your true feelings, you know? So Sorry, lost my place. Okay, so about 27% of men condoned private jokes or comments about a person's race, uh, compared to only 16% of women. About 27% of men condoned private jokes or comments about a person's gender or sexuality, compared to only 13% of women. These are still small numbers, by the way, so we can't generalize this to all men, by yeah. the way. But 30% of the men in the entire world, that's a lot of people. And to be yeah. honest with you, a lot of times people tend to follow the negative. So most of us who don't speak up, the other 80% or whatever of us or 70% of, of men that aren't speaking up or that allow it to continue, you know what I'm saying? We've, got, we've mm -hmm. just got to learn to make sure that that 30% of negativity gets held in check and, yeah. you know, gets shown that it's not okay. And you don't have to be an asshole oh, about absolutely it. You just not. have to... Just educate and be kind. Yeah. It, it's people don't know that something's wrong unless they've been educated or told. Yeah. You yeah. just have to be like, uh, you know, it's not really cool to call someone a, the other F word. Yeah. I really don't like using that word. I don't either. F-A-G. Not, not, yeah. mm -mm. it's awful. Or, you know, racial slurs, sexual orientation slurs, any kind of slur. It's just not, I mean like, yeah, we live in a country of free speech and you can say whatever you want, but you don't have to. That's yeah. the thing. You don't have to. And then 13% of men said such jokes were also acceptable in public compared to 7% of women, which is really low, by the way. Mm -hmm. That's a big gap. So men are also more liberal in their attitudes about swearing, which is, this is about to be really funny. 
Um, about 27% say that it's okay for people to use swear words in public compared to 19% of women. And 29% of men condone the use of the F word in conversations compared to 21% <laughs> of women. Oh. And I was reading one article. That's high. Yeah. I was reading an article where a girl was, uh, not a girl, a woman was had written the article at, or a blog post or something, and she was commenting on that statistic. And she said, I didn't know I, I belonged to such an elite group of women. <laughs> We're the 21%. Uh, yes. <laughs> my mom was talking to this, or my mom and I were talking to this guy last night, and he was he was saying something, and he said, he looked at me, said, excuse me, said, hell, and, like, went on with the conversation. I'm like, dude, I say fuck 30 times a day, maybe mm. more. Like, you don't have to say excuse me. No. <laughs> when you say hell. Believe me, I've said way worse than the F word. Yeah. When um when I've been angered by a video game. <laughs> That's why I have to play Lego games because the demon comes out and there's some colorful language that comes forth when I've died about 50 times and yeah. I've I've thrown a controller. <laughs> so that doesn't yeah, surprise me. So I play Lego games because you can't die. And they're super <laughs> fun and cute. You can too die. You can die but you immediately respond because it's four kids. Yeah, <laughs> And you can find a red brick that makes you invincible. Anyway, <laughs> so I have this lovely bar graph that shows hmm. some of those statistics. Um, I'll post that on our social media if I don't forget like I did this past week. It's fine. It's been a stressful <laughs> time. My it's depression's okay. winning, but it's fine. Oh, it's okay. Baby. It's okay. Tequila's helping. I shouldn't have said that out loud. That made me really sad. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm not going to let it win anymore. It's going to be fine. We're going to go see Captain Marvel yes, on I Thursday, and it's going to make everything better. It's going to make everything better. Yes. And you have purple hair. I do have purple hair now. Don't be sad. I feel like a superhero. Um, okay, so the gender disparity sharpens when it comes to people's own behavior. Um, <laughs> men are twice as likely to say they drop the F-bomb at least once a day. About 31% of men report a daily F-word habit. Compared to sixteen percent of women, oh, we that's higher. Are the best. <laughs> <laughs> women might not admit it. They're thinking it, but it's higher. They're thinking it. <laughs> yeah, they're just words, y'all. Mm-hmm. It actually helps your anxiety. Yes. Anyway, just helps let that if you've fuck got this fly, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> helps if you've got a speech disorder. It does. Too. Like the, if you've never seen the, the King's, King's speech. speech you should watch it. Incredible movie. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so these differences in attitudes reflect how society treats men and women differently when they behave rudely. And that's because, you know, I've, I've fallen victim to this too, but I, I think we'll get to it in a second. I think I've got a pretty good specific example of how I was, from an early age, exposed to some extreme examples of this. Um, like where the boys were doing this sort of behavior and, and doing things. And I've always been of, of an equal of an equal mindset. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Of, of Between the genders. Uh, that, that's just always been my thing. I've always, I grew up, my cousins are all guys and I grew up playing with them and, you know, my grandparents would, no, it's nothing against my grandparents at all, but, you know, yeah. my, 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 uh, my dad's family is who we were kind of always closest with and they, they never had girls. Like my dad is one of three boys and so my grandma would buy me like magic wands and and stuff and she would buy my two cousins who I'm the closest with she would buy them like lightsabers and 
laser tag sets and Legos and laser tag I is fun for anyone. So are Legos. Part- I couldn't participate because I didn't have a sword. You know what I mean? And so yeah. it just kind of further alienated me and I didn't understand it. And there was also times when like guys, when I went to daycare, when my mom, when I was a little bit older, my mom um, started teaching full time as opposed to part time. And so I had to go to an aftercare, after school care thing until she could pick me up for like a couple hours after school. Um, mm-hmm. And the guys would be saying things and they were like rhyming names and things like that. Like, I can't even think of an example, but they were calling me Perry Paul and stuff like that. And I, I called this kid, his name was Chris, and I called him Piss. And I didn't know that was a cuss word because I was fucking <laughs> nine. Yeah. And <laughs> they were like, oh, she's not a cuss word. And like made this huge fucking deal about it. And I was Aww. like crying in the corner because I was so embarrassed because I didn't Aww. know. And then they made fun of me for it. So just, you know, the further one time further I was reading and and I didn't understand why cuz I was like you guys were just doing the same thing. Like, yeah. Why is it not okay when I do it too? Yeah, when I was younger, um we would use the newspaper all the time in school. Mm-hmm. And like we were looking at the TV guide for some reason and I read off Sex in the City and the entire table lost their went, shit. Like, yeah, and like got the teacher, and I'm like, it's right I here. I fucking read the book. Oh my god, it's, <laughs> it's in the newspaper. I thought it was okay. <laughs> Kids are the worst. <laughs> oh yeah, my god. I did not say anything else. No, I bet <laughs> not. And then it makes you not want to read out loud. Yeah, <sighs> she should have checked <laughs> the content of what she gave you guys. Seriously. Um, but also the kids should have been. We stigmatize sex way too much in this fucking Puritan country. Anyway, yeah. prudes are people too, <laughs> as Emily would say. Um, oh my god, she's my fucking hero. Anyway, these differences in attitudes reflect how. Okay, so a tw- 2015 experiment showed that when men spoke in angry tones, they came across as more credible and more persuasive. But when women spoke forcefully, they were less likely to change people's minds. They were shown as emotional. That's exactly what I was about. That's my next sentence. It says that subjects perceive the angry women as emotional and untrustworthy. That shit happens at work, too. Like, not to shit on my coworkers. They're just saying what comes to their minds. Yeah. But, like, I have... I've heard it come out of their mouths where they're 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 speaking to female customers who are giving them a hard time or who are being demanding or picky and there we've just as many male customers that do it as well. Don't get yeah. me wrong, there is one in particular that comes to mind right now that I'm not going to share his particular weird fetish that he once put on a T-shirt. Um, to which I then, after two hours on the phone with this guy, batted him back to his sales associate and said. I'm done. He's all yours. I can't handle this guy for you anymore. Okay, Sorry. I gotta know. Can't talk about goblin tits anymore. Oh. He owns a brew house, and he wants this, like, sexy goblin lady, and he was talking about wanting her to look like she had lust in her eyes, like she could lick a man. Oh, my and God. And her boobs needed to be bigger and fuller, and her cleavage needed to be better, and then he sent me screenshots of tits. I really hope he's a fucking joke. <laughs> this, and I was I just really like, I feel so bad for your call. wife because her boobs will never meet your standards. Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but th- I've heard it. I've heard people call him, oh, you know, she's just being an angry soccer mom, or you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. And I mean, 
again, they don't know, and I'm not trying to start shit at work. If they were to ask me their opinion of, the, I don't laugh, mm-hmm. and I do give give a look when that's said. Yeah, because I'm like, well, that's fucking rude, you know. Yeah. Um, she might be being a bitch, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry, I've met plenty of soccer moms that are perfectly fine. Why do you have to paint? A, why do you have to perpetuate a stereotype like that? You know what I'm yeah. saying? I don't know. Whatever. Maybe I'm just being picky. But um, you know, and there's also that whole thing. If you've watched the stand-ups, there's a, that uh, who's the uh, the really awesome, the really awesome guy who talks about the bitches in the back of the Bentley. <laughs> What's his name? Yes, he's amazing. (laughs) 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 Bitches in the back of the Bentley. You ever hear somebody, (laughs) they they complaining, but they really bragging. (laughs) Got five bitches in the back of the Bentley. Ain't no good ever came from a backseat full of bitches in the Bentley or whatever. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) Anyway, but shit, what was I even saying? Oh, yeah, he has this whole bit about how... You would never. You'll never see a gray-haired anchor woman. Yeah. Because when men have gray hair, it's cons- it shows wisdom and knowledge. And when a woman shows has gray hair, it shows age and elderliness frailty and frailty. And, yeah. and so she has to spend money every week touching up her roots so that she can keep her job. And it's not a fair world. And like that's what we're talking about here. So like um, linguists have long documented different speech patterns between men and women. Women tend to use more polite or formal expressions <laughs> with cold, dead eyes <laughs> staring into your soul. I'm so sorry. It looks like you brought it back five days late, sir. I don't know what to tell you. Okay. Um, so this is scientifically proven, y'all. This isn't just like feminist speculation. Women tend to use more polite or formal expressions. Um, they often are more likely to soften commands by saying please or even um, won't you please. Won't you please, <laughs> please, won't you be my neighbor? Um, which I mean, it's po- it's it's important to say please and thank you. I think yeah. um, when someone's making you uncomfortable, I don't believe you'd necessarily need to. But I mean, that's your call. Um, I'm not shitting on people who are polite, but anyway. sometimes when I say please, I don't really mean please. <laughs> oh, okay. See, now I genuinely am trying to be like nice when I say please most of the time. A lot of Unless the times I'm talking to a kid who's pissing me off. Yeah. A but lot of the times I'm like genuinely trying to be polite, but mm-hmm. sometimes I if I just can't deal with it anymore, I'm like, "Can you please hand that to me? Can you please stop?" Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Um, so, writing in the 1970s, Robin Lakoff, a linguistics professor, I think that's how you say his name? Mm-hmm. Lakoff? Lakouf? I don't know. Lakouf. Um, L-A-K-O-F-F. Someone can correct us. Um, a linguistics professor at the University of California, Berkeley, observed that in situations where men might curse, women would instead u- utter phrases like, oh dear, or goodness, or oh fudge, which is kind of hilarious. I can't say oh fudge anymore. I just go straight to fuck. I do too. It's just fucking it's, Christ. It's all fuck or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Lakov argued that problem that the problem starts in childhood. Um, quote, if a little girl, quote, talks rough, unquote, like a boy, she will normally be ostracized, scolded or made fun of. Exhibit A over here. <laughs> um she wrote uh, she wrote that she wrote that in a 1973 article. Um, young women learn to say. Or, sorry, young women learn to, quote, talk like a lady, 
to be polite and deferential. In essence, Lekov writes that girls are talked to, taught to hobble their own speech. Um, so a girl is damned if she does, damned if she doesn't. And you know what? If that's the way it is, then fuck it. Yeah. If you're fucked either way, then let just it do whatever fly the fuck you want. And do whatever the fuck you want, honey. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, if she refuses to talk like a lady, she is ridiculed and subjected to criticism as unfeminine. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about fe- being feminine. Me I'm either. sitting here with no bra. Right. Fuck it. I think you're feminine and beautiful. Oh, thank you. And a powerful, powerful, lovely lady. Um, <laughs> I was trying to figure out. I f- lost my train of thought halfway through my sentence. I'm sorry. It's okay. Tequila is serious. I really want a quesadilla now. Right? <laughs> I don't want eggs. I want a quesadilla. <laughs> if, if she does learn, she is ridiculed as unable to think or, or if she does learn, she is ridiculed as unable to think clearly, unable to take part in a serious discussion, in some sense, as less than fully human. Aw. Yeah. Rude. Yeah. This was a problem in the 70s, and it continues to be a problem today. So, quote, when a woman speaks in a professional setting, she walks a tightrope, unquote. Uh, Facebook Chief Operating Officer Cheryl Sandberg and University of Pennsylvania Professor Adam Grant wrote in an o- op-ed? op-ed? I don't know what this means. Last year, um, either she's barely, quote, either she's barely heard or she's judged as too aggressive, unquote. Which is fair. I mean, I've experienced that. Yeah. For sure. Especially when you work for a guy, mm-hmm. you know? When you work for a woman, I think it might it, it, it levels things out a little bit. But definitely when you work with a bunch of guys or you work with a man for, for a male superior, um, it's definitely, it can be kind of hard. I mean... Which I've kind of decided that I know my value and I'm just going to tell you what I think. Yeah. Anyway, so in 2014, leaked emails showed that Jennifer Lawrence and Amy Adams were paid much less than their male co-stars in the film American Hustle. Amazing movie, by the way. I need Jennifer to fucking Lawrence watch my, that. Jennifer Lawrence is my hero forever. I love Jennifer Lawrence. Oh this lady was shitting on her and I was just like, well, we all have different opinions. Yep. <laughs> See? <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Um, that's when I would, that's when I always want to say like, well, and I bet she doesn't think much of you either. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so Lawrence wrote about the experience last year, which I don't, I think this came out in 2016, um, in an essay for Lenny Letter. She didn't negotiate hard enough, she admitted. She wondered if that was because women are considered, are conditioned not to offend or scare men. Uh, quote, I didn't want to seem difficult or spoiled, she wrote. At the time, that seemed like a fine idea until I saw the payroll on the internet and realized every man I was working with definitely didn't worry about being difficult or spoiled. Oh, Which is fair. And honestly, that happens a lot in Hollywood where like yeah. you get tarred as being hard to work with or... Yeah. Or like when Anne Hathaway got really excited at the Oscars and then everyone felt like they needed a break from her and shit. Like, look that shit up. It's really upsetting. I fucking love Anne Hathaway. She's I a do goddess. Too. Yes. With a, the voice of a nightingale. Les Mis is amazing. Oh. And she worked so fucking hard on that movie. My God. Yeah. I love her so much. Uh, she can pull off a tux, too. I respect the hell out of that. Oh, yeah? Um, That's like my new obsession right now. I keep pinning pictures of women in three-piece suits. That's like my jam. Nice. Goals. Um... <laughs> I'm gonna be. It's like the Lord intended me to be fully gay and just like didn't mark that box before (laughs) he sent me out. 
the door. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I watched the Great British Bake Off, and the one host, um, Sue or whatever, mm-hmm. she has, like, super cute, like, cuffed jeans and, like, old man shoes on and a blazer and, like, Ooh. her hair's all short and shit. And I'm just like, I want to look like you. You're so beautiful and cute. And I just can't. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Jennifer Lawrence, someone asked her, like, what her, what she would call her style, and she said, like, power lesbian or something like that and i was like yes queen (laughs) Uh, i'm about to be a groomsman in a wedding and i was like do you want me to wear a tux or can i wear a dress i'm gonna wear a dress because i like dresses yeah but i mean i could pull off a tux too like i wouldn't be too upset like i'm so excited And a tie. Yes. That's what I've been looking at. I'm like, okay, so how can I make these outfits happen for myself? Mm Because I finally work at a place where I can kind of like wear literally whatever I want. Nice. So, oh my God. Y'all, when when spring hits, look out. (laughs) We busting out my my awesome shit from high school, but in a classy way. (laughs) When Um, I get my debt paid off, it's over for you bitches. Oh, it's over. It's (laughs) over. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be slaying. Anyway, so uh, so speaking out, of course, does have consequences. When women try to advocate for themselves, it often backfires, as recent studies have shown. Uh, the abduction joke in Kimmy Schmidt is clever because it operates on both these levels. So it lampoons the norms that impose silence and deference on women. But it also makes fun of people who think that gender equality should be achieved, could be achieved if only women were more, more assertive. It's so much more complicated than that. E- oh, yeah. Um, I think there's a really good female comedian. Eliza? Sl- Elijah, Eliza? Eliza. Sorry. Eliza Schlesing- Schlesinger. I can't speak. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a really good thing about how men are always talking about how they always have to make the first move or something like that. And like how women still can't go up and ask a guy out. Yeah. Because it's still not fully acceptable. You can't even do that shit on Tinder. Like, no, it's you have to wait for them to message you first. Besides the fact that we're not conditioned to the level of rejection that guys are. Yeah, guys are just like out there batting. They're just swinging and hoping something sticks. And they're just like, oh, whatever, I'm amazing. And they just continue with life. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Women get rejected, and we can't handle it. Yeah, because we're used to completely to being pursued all the time. In a way, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. um, or just generally, that's kind of where her joke stems from. And it's like we're n- it's never gonna be it's not gonna be we're we're not gonna we're never gonna feel comfortable going up and asking a man out until it becomes fully socially acceptable for women to make that move. You know what I'm saying? And there's yeah. a lot of forward thinking men that don't mind, and that's great. But we're not gonna come up and say the first thing because you're s- we're afraid of scaring you off, or you know what I mean? And we're yeah. afraid of, we're way more afraid of that rejection. So. It's definitely way more layered than just women need to be more assertive. Lauer's overly knowing quip of, quote, I'm always amazed that a woman will, of, at what women will do because they're afraid of being rude, unquote, um, caricatures this lean-in brand of thinking. Women are more polite than men in part because women face harsher consequences for being rude. It's absolutely true, whether we yep. know it or not, to be honest with you. Um didn't really realize it until I was doing this research and didn't think about it. You know, that's because I've always wondered why. And that's why Mm -hmm. Um, women are less likely to say the F word in part because it's more dangerous for them to say the F word. It's rational for women to steer clear of controversial jokes unless we're just around each other. Yeah. Because we're afraid of the raised eyebrows. Um, In her essay, Lawrence 
acknowledged the trade-off that women face between being liked and being heard. Her decision? Yes. Being heard. Quote, I'm over trying to find the adorable way to state my opinion and still be likable. Fuck that. I love her. I love her. With all my heart and soul. Kentucky homegirl. <laughs> um, so, as with a lot of women's behavior, there's never one right answer. Yeah. Um, over the years, and this is a quote from another article, um, over the years I've grown more and more comfortable with bluntly shutting down random men who are just a nu- nuisance. Me too, girl. Um, often in these situations, the behavior that would be called rude is just being clear and upfront about our desires and protecting our and protective of our time and space. Yeah. Um, but taking that control isn't always going to work. In fact, it can have violent and even deadly consequences, which is why you have to be careful. That's why we have to be careful. Mm-hmm. So here we go. You ready for the super fun part? Yes. Okay. So this woman, Julia Austin, has a little blog, and she wrote a little entry called times women should women times that women feel obligated to be polite but shouldn't oh so so the way that she kind of presents a lot of these is between co-workers or between a boss but i have i've i haven't that hasn't been my experience <laughs> mainly i've experienced these with customers yeah so that's kind of how i'm gonna present them because between co-workers it sounds a little See, and this is where the judgy comes in, because I feel like she's being, like, needlessly rude in some of them. Yeah. Um, some of them are legit, as, f- as far as, like, between coworkers and with your boss and stuff, but I just personally haven't experienced them that way. So I just wanted to open it up to be like, oh, it could also be if you work customer service and someone's being intrusive or, you know what I'm saying? Stuff yeah. like that, where... It, it, basically, if it makes you uncomfortable, you don't have to fucking be polite about it. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be an asshole about it either, though. Like, that's the line, is you don't have to get up in someone's face and punch them or <laughs> scream in their face. Yeah. But just, you know, it's important to set boundaries and let people know what's a, what's socially acceptable because nothing will nothing will change unless we start to tell people. That know? it's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> the older we are, the weirder we get, and people's boundaries just fall away. So, <laughs> um... So the first one is laughing at a misogynist joke, which is something I encounter. Yeah. Oh, wait, I skipped a page. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, this is a really fun one. Uh, you're too pretty to blank. It says, while on the surface it sounds like a compliment, it's derogatory and condescending. Well, some of us are ugly, so we don't hear that. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm kidding. I hope you're not talking about yourself. I'm kidding. I'm fuck sorry. off. Don't do that. <laughs> I just I took the most beautiful picture of Kay, <laughs> and now she's doing this shit. Um, I told so it says I told a joke recently that made a man laugh, but then he said, "You're too pretty to be funny." What the fuck? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> not sorry. <laughs> no, not sorry. What? What? Don't make yeah. that a soft question. We're allowed to be funny. That's true. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just did it again. <laughs> Um, so uh, she says, I told him that if being unattractive was a requirement for being funny, then he looked like he must be hilarious. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, there's so much more to that. You should everyone go watch The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Prime if you want to see some incredible things about being hot and funny. Yeah. And what it means to be a funny woman. Um, so, okay, another one is um, other women are like that. No offense. 
So, actually, yes, offense. I'm done with men talking about the negative stereotypes they brush women with yeah. and trying to get away with it by saying, not you, other women. I'm a woman. I stand with those women. And yes, offense is taken. If you wouldn't be comfortable saying it to me, then don't say, ab- say it about other women around me. Yeah. I'm starting to notice that a lot, too, to where it's just... And it's, again, it's another thing where I'm not trying to be rude and start shit, but I don't laugh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, um... Or I just kind of, I, I do my, my cock-eyed, I just kind of cock my head and narrow my eyes a little bit, like... Yeah. Excuse you? I don't you know? hear, I don't necessarily hear that a lot about my gender, but I hear it a lot about my age. Yes. And me it too. pisses me off. Yeah. People shit on millennials a lot. So, and then here's another one. When we're interrupted... It says, why should I make a point not to interrupt the person who just interrupted me? Yeah. When someone interrupts me, I've started to interrupt right back and say, oh, I wasn't done. You interrupted me. As I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, so when given a job that isn't ours, this was one that kind of hit home for me. I love my job very much, but there are times sometimes when it's, hey, can you sweep? Or, hey, can you do this? And I'm like, when am I supposed to fucking do that? Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm busy constantly. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing against my manager. I work at a, I love my job. I have a great, I have a really good work environment. But sometimes, you know what I'm saying? It's, hey, can you help me with this real quick? And I'm like, what? Uh, um, what? <laughs> <laughs> um. I haven't had these p- particular things given to me though. So, like when a job, when given a job that isn't ours, um, like grabbing grabbing coffee for the potential partner the CEO is meeting with, or sitting with that person's child during the meeting, unless it says unless my job title includes office assistant slash daycare slash coffee maker, I'm not doing that. Yeah, but I'm happy to direct someone to the appropriate individual for that task. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I haven't encountered that one. I just thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, and then when people aren't listening or texting during your segment. Last <laughs> time I was making a note, thank I you know. very much. <laughs> and I haven't really looked at my phone the entire segment. Really haven't looked at your phone? I said I haven't really. <laughs> okay. I glance at it like you did earlier. <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. I'm sorry. You are. Um, so when people aren't listening, um, this actually does happen to me quite a bit. But um, it says, does it feel demanding to point out when someone isn't listening and ask that they get off their phone slash look away from their laptop for a moment? Yep. But who says I can't demand attention? This happens. To, this used to happen to us all the time when we worked in direct customer service because mm-hmm. people will ask a question and walk away yeah and i'm sorry i'm not gonna fucking shout my answer across the store if you are interested in the answer you can come back over yeah i have shit to do not following you you know what i'm saying yeah anyway uh when a partner oh Uh uh-oh we're gonna have a whole episode about this but i am gonna touch on it okay when a partner disregards your your pleasure oh nope all set with that behavior. <laughs> Men get to finish like every time. Yeah. They have no idea what it's like to be a woman who is left unsatisfied most of the time. If a man is in the habit of finishing before I do, then I then saying he's and then saying he's too tired to help me, then he won't be seeing me again. Yeah. 
Or if he is, we're handling my pleasure first. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's fair. Yeah. That really pisses me off that there's this whole like social acceptance that like when the guy finishes, it's over no matter what. Yeah. No, it's much harder for a woman. It's much harder. And why can both people not benefit every time? Yeah. And if you're not prepared to handle that, if you're not mature enough to be okay to do that, then you shouldn't be having sex. Yeah. I mean, it's not about being selfish. It's about making sure both people are exp- are having fun. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, unless you're into that. <laughs> I mean, unless that's your jam. Not to kink shame anybody. Kink shaming is my kink. <laughs> <laughs> laughing at a misogynist joke so uh this is a backward sneaky way that men try to subject us to listening to and even approving of misogyny whether it's consciously or subconsciously honestly Mm -hmm. um adding just kidding to a comment which we've talked about before back in our um verbal abuse episode yeah so adding just just kidding to a comment doesn't make it better no, it makes it ten times worse it because worse. just kidding isn't always just kidding. No. It, a lot of times people say it and it seems, to me at least, I feel like people will say something that they're embarrassed by or that they realize is wrong and then they add just kidding. Yeah. Just to kind of like pull it back. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. Like it's been said. It already yeah. hurt. Yeah. Um. While, <laughs> and it says, ah adding just kidding to the end of a comment well i'm not laughing so you can just sit with this uncomfortable silence bro yeah absolutely yeah we don't have to laugh at that shit just to make them feel comfortable because clearly they don't care about your comfort if they're saying that in front of you yeah yeah um and that goes with anything that goes with a racist joke that's not just misogyny that goes with a racist joke that goes with uh homophobia any of that i don't know if there's any other ones that apply to other genders um uh, transphobic joke. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. Um, my dad does shit like that all the time, and I yeah. just kind of look at him. <laughs> or I focus on something in- insignificant. Right. It's just rudeness. Yeah. You don't get to fail- veil your rudeness with just kidding. Yeah. Um, and then, um, here's the other one, is laughing at any joke. This happens to me a lot, because I do kind of laugh at everything, because mm-hmm. I love to laugh. Yeah. But I am not going to give pity joke. I'm not going to give petty laughs anymore, I've decided. Yeah. Uh, we're, not, we're actually not obligated to laugh at men's jokes, it says. Maybe it hurts their egos when we don't, but something tells me that their egos are doing just fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when asked to provide free therapy. So this is one that I encountered in customer service, not necessarily from my coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, or, and, I, and sometimes you can encounter this from people who are your friends. Yeah. Which I know you've experienced. Um, it's important, so it says, because women can be inherently nurturing, some coworkers slash customers slash people think it's okay to come crying to us about their breakups or fights with their roommates, um, etc. They even think maybe we'll cut them some slack for slacking off due to their personal issues, um... Or, I don't know, sometimes they trap you there, and they'll just unload all their shit on you, and you're trapped there at work behind a counter, and you can't move. Yeah. Or they're, they don't want to go and seek help for themselves, so they just unload all their shit on you. Which, 
is it's one thing when you reciprocate and mm-hmm. you know you're happy to be i'm it's one thing to be i'm not saying don't be there for your friends yeah we're there for each other all the time we unload on each other but i don't expect you to help me fix it yeah no and i don't i mean it's great when you do like earlier you told me to stop seeing the whole elephant which is great Mm -hmm. um which sounds really hilarious out of context i bet (laughs) but you know i i was having a little minor breakdown anxiety breakdown and she was telling me to get perspective you know which is great be there for your friends we also are in therapy slash have been in therapy and know how to kind of talk ourselves through things or know what to take to our therapist versus what to unload on our friends. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I can tell you some things about, like, the trauma I've experienced, but I'm not going to tell you every detail because that's not your trauma. That's not something you need to work through. That's something I need to work through with my therapist. Right. And, like, sometimes I'll tell you, hey, I'm in this mood because I'm having Mm -hmm. flashbacks from this or, you know. And that's fine. Like, that's Absolutely. what friends are for. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not okay to use your friend as... Um, it's not okay to exclusively unload all of your shit on your friend and expect your friend to help you and instead of seeking professional help. Yeah. Because and like, like we've said in other episodes, there's plenty of avenues of free therapy. Yeah. There's plenty of hotlines you can call. There are plenty of resources out there. Yeah. And it's rude and destructive and stress-inducing to do that to your friends or your coworkers just because they're trapped there with you. Yeah. You know? And, like, if you want to unload on a friend... Or to strangers who are just trying to be at work. Yeah, I (laughs) know. And if you want to unload on a friend, that's fine as long as you've said, hey, I've got some stuff that I really want to talk to someone about. Are you cool with me talking to you about it? Yeah. Or, like, if you've already... Ask permission. Like, if you've got a friend that you... That's what you do, like, that... You tell yeah. each other, like, the shit that's going on in your life. That's your thing. That's fine, too. Just always make sure, hey, I know I'm talking a lot about this. Are you still cool with us talking about this? And if they're like, yeah, go ahead. Like, I had... Boundaries are important. Yeah. So important to a healthy relationship there. Yeah. I have a friend who, like, I used to talk to her about my roommate drama. I'm like, I know that she's your friend, too. Like, and I'd... Like, I don't want to, like, hard. make you uncomfortable. I'm like, I don't want you to think any less of her for this, but can I can I just kind of unload this? Because you know the situation. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, just, just make sure that the person that you're talking to is okay with you talking to them about it. Because if they're okay with it, then, you know, whatever, fine. Do whatever the fuck. But yeah. also don't expect them to swoop in and help you fix it. Right. You just, that's They can something. be your shoulder. Yeah. If it's a serious problem, see, seek professional help. Yeah. Honestly, the, I'm just going to say this as someone who has been trapped in a weird conversation with a stranger and I couldn't leave because I was at work. I don't mind to listen to people's problems and help if I can. I really don't. But I don't get paid enough. Do you know how much professional therapists get paid per hour? Yeah. A fuck ton. <laughs> I don't make a fuck ton. <laughs> like when customers i make peanuts (laughs) you know what i'm saying yeah i don't make enough to sit and give you advice on your weird family and your three different baby mamas you know what i mean and it just i mean what would you do in my situation i mean man i don't have kids (laughs) and i wouldn't have slept with someone who was that nuts like to be honest with you i don't have a dick like I, <laughs> yeah, um, I have moms all the time that I'm like. I'm not constantly thinking about what to stick it in. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, 
I have moms all the time that like are trying to wrangle their children into listening to them. And they look at me and they're like, do you have kids? And I'm like, no, your total is. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> and like, I'm sorry. Like, I get it. Mom's jobs are really hard. Mm-hmm. They really are. But, but. I don't get paid enough to wrangle your kids at work. <laughs> Babysitter is not in my job description. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, just remember that there's a line there. Yeah. And, I mean, I, you know, I, I provide a lot of support to some of my coworkers. We all, there, there's a few of us that are in the anxiety and depression club, and we, we give each other support, which is great, but I always make sure that I finish with, I hope you're going to go get help. Yeah. Or have you made an appointment yet? Or you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, or I I try to make sure I say, you know, therapy can really help with this. You yeah. Know what I'm sa- you know, um, because I'm a believer <laughs> 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 in therapy and drugs. Anyway, <laughs> so um, <laughs> and then here's one where hearing a boss's or a customer's personal business. This kind of pulls in where they start talking about their sex life or something like that. And mm-hmm. you're, you, it is well within your rights to say, I don't think it's appropriate for me to listen to this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like there's anything else to be said there. So, um, Like that couple that fought in front of me. Oh, my God. How are we going to pay rent if you're going to buy this game? Anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> what are we doing here, guys? Um, so then here's one. Specifically, well, no, I guess, I guess not specifically to women. Um, I shouldn't heteronormalize. Um, receiving unsolicited male attention. Ah, uh, inauguration photos. See, now here's one where I feel like she gets a little bit, it gets a little bit much. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where, uh, okay, so I think it's more like you just really need to trust your gut on it. Because there's a way to s- that someone can say, you have pretty eyes, that sounds genuine. Mm -hmm. And there's a way that someone can say, you have pretty eyes. And it makes all the hair on your body stand up. Yeah. So, you know (laughs) what I mean? Just knowing and trusting your gut. No, just really make sure that you trust it. I don't think any of us are are taught, as women at least, we're not really taught to trust our instincts when it comes to that kind of thing. Again, we're taught that we need to be polite all the time. And when someone skeeves you out, you're told to not be creeped out by it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and that's just not the case. Your gut is there for a reason. I don't know what anyone believes in. Be it spirituality, be it the universe, be it nothing. I personally believe in more than just our existence. I believe that there's life beyond the grave. I believe in God. I believe in spirit guides and ghosts and all of that kind of stuff yeah. that makes life interesting. Um, <laughs> so, because what's the harm? And yeah. <laughs> And if I'm wrong, okay. Okay. Yeah, so that's the beauty of this country. So anyway, yeah. but I, I believe that it's something, there, there, there are things that tell us things for a reason. Yeah. And we need to trust it. There, those instincts are there for a reason. Yeah. So, you know, not ev- you don't need to jump down the throat of every guy that tells you you have pretty eyes. But if your gut's telling you to maybe shut it down and say, oh, thanks, and just turn away. Or to literally just stare at them and walk off or you know to, to shut it down in some way that's not aggressive of course because we've learned what can happen in the stalker episode for if you don't know what I'm talking about go listen to episode one yeah um that sometimes when we react in a really firm and violent and aggressive way like that it can it can be deadly so we just have to make yeah. sure that we we moderate 
Um, but we don't always have to accept it. Uh, like, for example, there was a guy that came into the store one time, and he was super weird, and I was alone, and I was out on the floor, so I wasn't behind the counter, but I was alone, and he came in, and he was like, damn, you look good, and, like, was super aggressive and so creepy about it, and kept asking for my phone number and stuff, and I literally just gave him my teacher cold stare, and, which is really good, Mm -hmm. and, um, I would just kind of looked at him and said, can I actually help you with something? (laughs) nice he was also much younger than me which made it easier um (laughs) to be honest with you um and it really shut it down and then he kept leaving he kept being weird and uh he he eventually he left and he was like don't be mad at me i'm sorry he kept asking for my phone number and i said i'm married and he was like oh i'm sorry and like tried to pull it back and stuff and i was like why should you being married be the thing that makes him pull back exactly you're uncomfortable that should be what makes and that's not how you speak to someone yeah you don't come in and scream at someone and say you look good damn and then i don't know he was maybe he was on something yeah i hope he was on something Uh he probably wasn't because he came back later and was just not later the same day but came back a few days later chastity was there with me this guy's a huge, I'm sure that if she's listening, she knows exactly who I'm talking about. This guy was a huge weirdo. Could not understand that we didn't buy and sell games. Couldn't understand that we were primarily a rental business. Like, oh my there God. was just a lot he wasn't understanding about life. And <laughs> um, and then as he left, he was like, don't be mad. Don't be mad. And just so everyone knows, I'm well within my right to be mad if you behave that way. Yeah. And I'm going to be, which is what I looked at him and said. Which was and it was way before I even learned about this concept of politeness. So yeah. I'm kind of proud of that moment. Oh, um, <laughs> good job. <laughs> yeah. And then so here's another one: listening to inappropriate talk. The excuse "boys will be boys" doesn't pass anymore. If men think I'm too serious or quote can't take a joke, that's fine with me. I don't care about impressing them by passively approving of misogyny. Men who talk disrespectfully about women are the least people whose approval I want. Yep. And I'm done. Drop the mic. Don't actually. They're sixty dollars. Please. Yeah, don't they do were that. really expensive. <laughs> and I've we talked for way too long. I'm gonna have to cut a bunch of stuff out, but it's fine. Yeah, no, it's fine. We've um, got plenty of time. Yeah. It's thirty. Look at that. I'm so impressed. Yeah, girl. Um, okay. We need to get drunk before every episode. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm so sorry, you guys. I sound like a total bitch and I don't mean to. Sound like a bitch. I never mean to sound like a bitch. Apparently, I sound like a bitch. Who says I'm that? not a bitch? What do you mean? What are you talking about? I always sound like I'm frustrated, and it's not that. It's just I'm very nervous, <laughs> and I'm very. You said sorry. apparently I sound like a bitch. Like someone told you you sound like a bitch. Oh no. Oh, okay. No. I was like, who told you you're you sound like a bitch? I'll kick their ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kick anybody's ass. I'll, I'll kick my own ass. I'll kick my own ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my throat's sore. I'm tired um, of talking. You talk. Okay. So I'm I going to hear your beautiful voice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I didn't write a whole episode by myself this time. Yay. We won't record for three hours. <laughs> or maybe I did. Oops. We'll see. I was so tired after the last episode. <laughs> I was too. I, I had s- trouble getting home. Oh, God. I was asleep within 10 minutes of you leaving. Oh, <laughs> I was so tired. It was, a, it was a heavy episode. It really was. Um, okay. Lighten it up. Yeah. 
Okay, so what what I'm going to be talking about today is um, apologizing. Um, so Carrie talked about politeness, which was a wonderful, wonderful time. And I'm going to talk about like a... The specific part of politeness. Yeah, so um, the definition of an apology in the context of what we're talking about today is a regretful acknowledgement of an offense or failure. So... Mm-hmm. If you have offended someone by saying a rude joke, that's when you can say, I'm sorry. Yes. If you forgot to do something that was integral to another person doing a job that they had to do, that's when you say sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of this information that I got today is from uh, Psychology Today, um, childmind.org. Um, greatest in NBC News and um, some from the New York Times. I more just kind of looked at that article and um, I don't think I used too much from it, but um, we'll see. You we'll better see not have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sorry if I did. They're a wonderful company. <laughs> I'm not sorry if I did. So I'm you're t- already learning. Yeah, I'm trying to be better about saying sorry because I do say it so you often. You say it so much. And I, I really don't mean to. It's just, it's part of it's that. yeah. Yeah, it's part of, like, having trauma in my past. Oh, it's yeah. trying to make my impact minimal. And honestly, like, I didn't notice how much I said it until I met you. And you say it twice as much as I do. <laughs> so then I, it made me more aware, even before I saw A Simple Favor. Like yeah. It made me more aware. And you know, like, when I was training you and, like, when we worked together, I would yeah. do it all the time. And you'd say sorry. And I'd be like, for what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or yeah. I would start to train you on something and be like, first of all, I don't want to hear the word sorry come out of your mouth because I never taught you how to do this properly. <laughs> <laughs> the only appropriate answers are yes, ma'am. And thank you. <laughs> I did enjoy you training me, though. You taught me to do things the right way. Yeah, girl. That's Um, what I do. (laughs) OCD for the win. (laughs) Um, Oh, goodness. But I didn't realize how much I said sorry until I went to Florida a couple of Octobers ago. Um, (laughs) I went with my mom. Two falls ago. (laughs) (laughs) Many winters have passed. <laughs> Many springs and summers yes. as well. <laughs> Many moons. <God. laughs> um, my sun and my stars. <laughs> sorry. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> sorry. Tequila is a wonderful, wonderful drink. It is. <laughs> um, so I went with my mom to Florida, mm-hmm. and uh, I was getting on an elevator, and um, I had a lot of stuff with me. I think I was like bringing some luggage up and this guy like went to get in the elevator and I just kind of looked at him because it was really cramped in there and I was like I'm really sorry and he looked at me and he was like for what he's like for being on the elevator yeah (laughs) (laughs) for existing yeah and my mom caught me doing it in the elevator because I did it again and she was like why do you keep saying sorry? She was like, ah. you can say, um, she's like, you you need to start saying excuse me. or and Yeah, I was just, just change like, the language, yeah. Yeah, I was like, well, thanks for berating me in front of everybody she on said this in elevator. in front of people? Karen. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Karen, she love you. Well. 
because she meant she so always well. does yeah she's the sweetest um i love my mother so much love um, you karen um okay so let's see here uh, okay, I'm sorry is infamous for its inadequacy. It often seems flippant, insincere, or incomplete, as in, I'm sorry you feel that way, or I'm sorry but. Uh, wayward public figures are notorious for inadequate apologies, especially those that involve a failure to own up to wrongdoing. Mm. Some <laughs> argue... <laughs> public figures? Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a PR stunt. They don't care. Yeah, seriously. Um... Some argue that a full apology requires many more elements than just those two words, mm-hmm. such I as agree. yeah, such as an acceptance of responsibility, mm-hmm. an expression of genuine remorse, an offer to make amends, and an excuse-free explanation. Absolutely, I agree with all of that. Yeah, that's what I need. Yep. A lot of times, and this is nothing against Josh; it's just his up his upbringing and and his Irish background. Because that shit is ingrained in your brain, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times he'll just, I can tell that he's just like apologizing because he wants the conversation to be over. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or he is genuinely sorry, but that's a big enough move for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That he, it, it's hard for him to admit further than that because he's so stubborn. Yeah. Love him so much. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm so stubborn, too. But we're still growing and learning. Yeah. And my grandmother used to apologize, quote unquote, to me. Mm-hmm. But that would only be after she'd gotten me to the point that I was screaming at her. Yeah. And it would be, well, I'm sorry that you feel that way. And call me back when you're ready to have an actual conversation. I'm like, you've just pushed every fucking button in me. It's, we're having this conversation now, and I'm screaming at you, and I'm not sorry for it. Exactly. Like. I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. When she provoked you. Yeah. She's the worst. Yeah. I can't. It's really hard to get me to that point. I mean, you know. Yeah, I know. I can't imagine the rage coming out of you like that. Like, I've never, I can't. Yeah. The only time I've seen you genuinely upset is when you talk about your grandma. So. Yeah. yeah. Rightfully so. Anyway. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry. Just she she was so manipulative. Yeah. So like apologies were that was not a thing. Well, and you're always made to feel like you were in the wrong. So yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. I, I, yeah I've been there as well. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Very different ways, but similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to kind of skip through a little bit of this because you did talk about it a lot. Oh, um, oh no, it's okay. Um, I just, I kind of stepped into your research too and I didn't mean to. No, it's fine. <laughs> we, th- we knew that was going to be difficult with this yeah. topic, so. Yeah. Um, so sometimes apologies come too easily and too frequently mm-hmm. um, as when we apologize for things that are clearly not our fault, yeah. not in our control or otherwise unworthy of apology. Examples include apologizing for being hurt by someone else's offense, apologizing for being oversensitive, apologizing when someone else bumps into you, and apologizing for apologizing. Um, (laughs) You do that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I do that. (laughs) What Um, are you sorry for? Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just sorry that I exist and we're having this conversation right now. (laughs) Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you too. 
I was just. I'm so happy you exist. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was just being hyperbolic. I know. Um, because that's what we do in this language. Yay! <laughs> that's the fun thing about English. And in this generation. Yes. <laughs> Lord, yes. Um, okay, so... Hashtag millennial. <laughs> <laughs> As we know, research that... God damn it, that's a <laughs> fucking word. Should you just... <laughs> research says that <laughs> women may be prone to over apology. I'm not fucking smart, and it's not a curse word, so I can't pronounce it. Oh, shit. That's hilarious. The research (laughs) says that women may be more prone to over-apology than men, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, A recent set of studies conducted by Karina Schumann and Michael Ross found that female participants apologize more in their daily lives than male participants. Yeah. And I found this really interesting. Um... It's actually really hard for men to apologize. There's books written about it. Yeah. Directed at men about the value of apologizing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, our male listeners, not anything against you, but that might be something to There's an amazing um, author. He writes a lot of things about marriage, um, Mm -hmm. but they apply to single people as well. Um, There's one called The Art of Apologizing, I think he wrote. Uh, Gary Chapman is his Mm -hmm. name. Um, That's a really good read. And... um, there's also just a lot of a lot of writing as far as like if in the business world and stuff is it being a man being vulnerable makes you way more likely to be respected by your employees yeah. than acting like someone who makes no mistakes and just completely defending yourself to the end. Yeah. If you can admit, "Hey, I fucked up. I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have, you know, I shouldn't have yelled at you individually in front of your coworkers that way." I really apologize. I reacted emotionally and that was really unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Can you please forgive me? I won't do that again in the future. That is way more respectable and your employees will respect you a thousand percent more than if you stand by that behavior. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they also found that women reported committing more offenses than men and this difference fully accounted for the apology frequency finding. In other words, oh, men wow. apologize. Yeah, men apologize for the same proportion of the offenses that they believe they had committed. They just didn't report committing as many offenses. Oh, wow. Yeah, so if you... They're, like, meaning they just, like, aren't... Maybe, like, men, women are more, like, sensitive mm-hmm. to offending people, I guess, or something, and men don't think about it as much, so they don't... Wow. Yeah, I'm about to just talk on about average. that a little yeah, bit, too. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, um, and I had I didn't realize that. Like, I didn't realize that men, like, apologize that much either. Well, that's what I love know. about this topic and mm-hmm. just this podcast in general. Because it's like, how would we have known if we didn't... You know what I mean? We, yeah. you don't, it's like when, you, um, when you're car shopping and you buy a car that you've never heard of. And, or, like, when you buy a Dodge Neon and you've never heard of it. And then all of a sudden you see them everywhere. Yeah. It's that kind of phenomenon, you know? Yeah. When you learn a new word and then you hear it everywhere and you never had heard it before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. In a second study, the researchers found further support for the idea that men might have a lower offense threshold than women. Participants were asked to evaluate the severity and apology deservingness of a recalled offense in three hypothetical offense scenarios. Um, It's lacking on a joint project and thus burdening a friend, snapping at a friend when grumpy, (laughs) 
and accidentally waking a friend at 3 a.m. the night before a job interview. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a shitty thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll kill a bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, as expected, female participants perceived all of the scenarios as more severe and thus more deserving of an apology than male participants. Mm. So I'm going to interrupt this here. Um, and what I'm going to talk about now is uh, from an ar- wow, article from uh, childmind.org and this is basically um it's kind of a parenting site but it also has some really good information um well i'm sure there's plenty of good information on a parenting site well yeah (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) also has a good good information for adults oh sorry gotcha um with adult to adult relationships not just parent to child i see what you're saying i'm sorry yeah (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. It's fine. Um, So, okay. When a girl starts a statement by saying, sorry, but, or, I might be wrong, but, she may think she's being polite, but it undermines what she's about to say. Dude, I do that all the time. mm -hmm. Um, It says, I don't feel confident in what I'm about to say or my right to say it, explains Dr. Rachel Bussman, a clinical psychologist at the Child Mind Institute. So what causes girls to be more prone to apologize and what can parents do to help? Um, As girls grow up, the messages that they receive about what good behavior looks like get more and more complicated and confusing. Um, As they reach adolescence, girls are increasingly asked to conform to what um, are an impossible set of standards. Um, And um, before I go into the standards, um, from a young age, boys are praised and encouraged when they show direct, confident behaviors, winning a game or climbing to the highest branch. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. But girls are made to like feel or feel like if they win a race or something, they can't be overly excited about it because it might hurt the other people's feelings. That's how, that's kind of like what happened with Anne Hathaway when she got excited about her Oscar. Yeah. Heaven forbid. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. um that's kinda like have you seen Amy Schumer's um leather special? I've seen Netflix? most of it. Yeah. Oh my god, it's amazing. She's yeah. amazing. I love her. She's a goddess. <laughs> she has a new special coming out and I'm so excited. I'm excited. Oh my god. <laughs> Can't even handle it. Um hopefully by the time this airs it'll be out. Oh my god. We post I posted about it on our social media. Oh um, but because we follow her. Um, <laughs> but she talks about how, like, she has this whole bit about how, like, men are raised thinking that everything they do is gold and sparkly and women are raised to hate themselves. Yeah. And she was talking about it specifically in the instance of, like, oral sex where, like, wh- every time <laughs> she was like, when was the last time you gave a man a blowjob? And he said, does it taste okay? <laughs> Or does it smell okay? Oh, God. They don't care. Yeah. Where their dick's been. They're g- <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or most don't, anyway. None that I've encountered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's because you're, you're taught that every smell that comes out of you is glorious and full of rainbows. And we're <laughs> taught to hate ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love her so much. Oh, my God. She kills me. So, girls are told to be ambitious, smart, and successful, but for them, the directive comes with conditions that hamper um, hamper that. So, be confident, but not conceited. Yes. Be smart, but no one likes to know it all. 
Ambition <laughs> is good. <laughs> Hermione but... don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Hermione was wonderful. She's amazing and I love her. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Ambition is good, but trying too hard is bad. Be assertive, but only if it doesn't upset anyone else. Um, oh, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. These confusing messages reflect the fact that girls are often expected to be empathetic and hyper-aware of how their actions affect others. In fact, one study of college-age men and women claimed that both sexes apologized in equal proportion for what they considered to be offensive behavior, um, but women reported committing more offenses than men, indicating that their threshold for perceiving offense was much lower. So mm-hmm. this is two different articles that are saying the exact the same. same thing. I was going to say, didn't you already say that? But mm-hmm. it's just, it's cross-referencing and backing yeah. it up. I see. Mm-hmm. Um, this could be because girls and women are more conditioned to be more tuned to and responsible for how their behavior affects others. This empathetic awareness com- complicates behaviors associated with success which are winning, drive, and competition. Well, women just in general, I think we're constantly kind of scanning, mm-hmm. you know, because we're also already scanning for danger. Yeah. And so we're scanning as scanning well. Scanning the room to... Scanning to see how things are perceived and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Which is why women are more prone to anxiety and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just said and stuff 17 times. If anyone's making a drinking game... <laughs> You can get trashed. Oh, yes. Do a shot every time I say and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And anyways. (laughs) Um, Okay. So um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the bossy problem. And I hate being called bossy. Me too. I was called bossy when I was a kid. I was called bossy when I was. Because I'm a natural leader. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, when I was teaching Sunday school, um, every week... Oh, just wait. This, like, enraged me and made me, like, not want to do it anymore. Right. Because every week we would have a different lesson. Like, Mm -hmm. we had a curriculum that was sent to us in an email. And me, being the person that I was, would read this email. I would read through all of the different lessons that we had to teach these kids and like I would read through all the different activities we had and I taught Sunday school with two older ladies and um I was like or I would come into the class and I would be like okay so I was reading through this I figured I would take this activity and um or I figured we could each take one activity and that way we're not all stressed out and not all trying to do the same thing at once Mm and you know I would come in and I'd be like, okay, so how do we want to do this today? Like, I didn't, like, I didn't want to be pushy or anything, but I would just be like, I want to have a plan for how we're going to wrangle these 12 children. I'd like to be a professional. Yeah. You know, and. Even though you're not being paid. Yeah. One day, (laughs) um, as we were getting the children ready to, like, go listen to the story and then they would come back and they would do all the activities and stuff. Yeah. They were like, wow, she's bossy. Who said that? One of the other ladies I was teaching (gasps) with. And I'm like, no, I just like to have a plan. Sorry, I'm not a fly by the seat of my pants teacher. Yeah. And I mean, nothing against, well, a lot against that church, actually. You know what? I'm not even going to try to protect them. Um, All churches are not created equal. Yeah. I loved our pastor. 
And I loved those kids. I loved teaching those kids. No one knew my name until the day that I left. Yeah. I, I taught that. Sunday I taught Sunday school there for seven years. I ended up having Well my then own. that's not even just against like church, by yeah. the way. Like neither of us go regularly anymore, but like that it's not that's not just like even a slight just to like clarify. Yeah. Like that's not a slight against religion. It's not a slight either way. Mm-hmm. Any setting where you're working with people and they don't bother to learn your name and they call you bossy yeah. is not a good environment. It just happens to be that yours was at a church where you're teaching Sunday school. Like, that's yeah. not cool. Yeah. Um, so, the bossy problem. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it just still makes me angry. Because, like, I, I know the heart of God and that's not what it was. No, yeah. Um, no, girl- I'm with you for sure on that yeah. one. That's really not cool. Yeah. Girls who don't play by these rules often experience negative social feedback. A girl who is assertive might be called bossy. A girl who shows confidence in her ideas, conceited. Though still told to work hard, get ahead, and be successful, girls are often shamed, especially by other female peers, if they appear pushy, overly confident, or too forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's upsetting that it's by other females, too. Yeah. It's, it's because it's different, yeah. you know? Um, no one wants to be seen as bossy, says Dr. Busman, so it can be tempting for a girl to use qualifying language to avoid being viewed in a negative light by her peers or authority figures. Girls begin to pepper their language with apologies and qualifiers that turn statements into suggestions and make requests feel less demanding. Mm. I know because I'm not sure, but... Oh, I yeah, have, I yeah. do that. I have a question, turns into sorry, would it be okay if I asked a question? So, um, here are some different types of over-apologizing or apologizing or, you know. Okay. Um, over-apologizing. Apologizing too often or when there's no actual reason to do so. For example, a girl apologizing to a waitress for not being ready to order or an automatic sorry if she brushes the arm of the person next to her in class. Now, let me just say, I have apologized because I hadn't looked at the menu yet and I felt rude. Yeah. Like I was wasting her time. I feel like that's legit. But <laughs> but you're also paying to yeah. be in a certain environment. That's and true. If you haven't looked if at the menu. If she's been by three times and yeah. you say, sorry, we haven't seen each other in a month and we're catching up. We haven't looked at the menu. I'm so sorry. Let, we're going to look right now. Come back in two minutes. Yeah. I feel like that's legit, but not yeah. every time, I guess, is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't apologize. I, know. Oh, I did it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> starting sentences with sorry. This gets girls off on the wrong foot from the get-go. Beginning a comment with an apology immediately puts her in a one-down position, she explains. It instantly delegitimatizes any authority she has. Ooh, that was a $5 word. Yeah, it was. <laughs> couldn't fucking say you know it. i've i've started I, I started to tell customers that when i was oh, yeah. still doing face-to-face because i would have a lot of female customers who i would be working or you know, i would be pinning movies or running a stack of movies and they'd say i'm so sorry to bother you but and i'm like you're not bothering me i'm at work this is my job yeah why are you apologizing yeah you know <laughs> i i had a guy um apologize he's like i just i don't want to be rude yeah, How men, ma- do th- men do that i've had yeah. men do that too where i'm mm-hmm. just like why are you why are you sorry i'm at work Ugh. yeah oh don't apologize it's my job yeah that's what <laughs> i'm here for that's what i'm getting paid for right 
what I'm, I'm not, not getting, getting paid, paid for. For you to make the machine beep until I turn around. Or <laughs> pop your gum at me until I turn around. I'm or- not getting paid to watch every single movie in the store yeah. or, you know, every sit on the sing- phone with you for 30 minutes yeah. and suggest movies until one pops into your head that you want to see so I can give it to you for fucking free. Yeah. Not- <laughs> That's not a- I'm also not a personal shopper, yeah. but I will help you find something. Yeah. <laughs> Hedging. Another stealthier version of apologetic language is hedging. Not exactly apologizing, but still expressing a lack of confidence. Examples of common hedges include, excuse me, can I ask? I might be wrong, but I don't know, but... Um, so, if you suspect you may be an over-apologizer, here are some ideas for keeping your apologies in check. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, it's great. Um, I love that we provide solutions for this kind of shit, and we're not just like a podcast that bitches about things without offering any kind of solution. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just needlessly complaining. Yeah. It's like, here's the issue, and here's how we fix it. Sorry. Yeah, seriously. I'm just drunk and proud of us. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got I'm two- just a fan of my own shit, okay? <laughs> 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 I just really like to toot my own horn, which is 100% not true, by the way. It's fine if you do, though. Um, and I have two different lists because they're both great in their own way. Okay. So Sweet. this is the first one. I'm going to kind of separate them a little bit. But um, so to keep your apologies in check, uh, number one, say thank you instead. However, <laughs> um, let me give an example of when it's yeah, not say, okay to do this. Well, wait a minute. What do you mean by say thank you instead? Yeah. Like I'm having trouble putting that into context. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you some context. Okay, cool. Sorry. So, <laughs> it's okay. Ha! See, I did it again. <laughs> Dang um, it. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> That's when I should have said it. That was a perfect example. I should yeah. have said thank you. <laughs> okay. So, uh... When your roommate or significant other does the dishes, rather than apologizing for not having done them yourself, which just burdens oh. them with the need to reassure yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You say ex- thank you. Yeah. Express your gratitude, which makes them feel happy and appreciated and probably more apt to voluntarily do the dishes again later. Oh, it's just like last night. Yeah. Did I say thank you or I'm pr- I said I'm proud of you. I'm yeah. proud of your strength is what I said. Yeah. Because we were both having a rough night. And you're com- you were you were talking about some family stuff, and I was I almost said I'm so sorry, and then I was like, what am I apologizing for? It's not my fault, and we're yeah. literally talking about this tomorrow. And so I said, I'm so proud of your strength. Yeah, and that's like one of the best compliments you can give someone. Yeah. So I really did appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I felt like it. It made me feel better, and mm-hmm. it made I felt like it felt it fell better on your ears. Which yeah. We were texting, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It felt better in my mind. Yeah. Um, that's a better thing to reverberate in your brain yeah i feel like um but the only time when you shouldn't say thank you in this context (laughs) i can't wait (laughs) this only applies of course when you generally do your share of the chores If your roommate is in a huff because you never help out, thanking them for what they really should not have to have had to do may only annoy them further. Oh, shit. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Watch it. Read the room. I didn't write this, but (laughs) it's real. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, now I have to use it. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Oh, thank God Max's roommate's not on Facebook. Woo! 
<laughs> God love her. Uh, saying sorry too much can trivialize the act of apology, making the important ones carry less weight. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's like crying wolf. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the example they used. Yeah. Um, number three, try not to mess up in the first place. Hey, look at that! What a concept. Yeah. <laughs> number four, um, know where to draw the line. Apologize for your role in a negative event, but leave it at that. If you're mm-hmm. someone who likes to make amends and resolve conflict right away, it may be tempting to apologize for more than your share just to smooth everything over. But yeah. doing this can lead to you feeling resentful and can let others off the hook too easily. I tend to blame myself for more than I should when it comes to conflict. Yeah. Because Me I too. Kind of, that's just kind of where I've been conditioned in past relationships. Yeah. Kind of always just been conditioned to think that I'm doing everything wrong kind of thing. Yeah. So, I think a lot of us are in that spot. That's why I left that whole bullet because I I thought it, all of that was mm-hmm. really important. Yeah. Um, number five, embrace your it imperfections. I mean, it is yeah. important. We're not saying never apologize because it is important to apologize when you genuinely have done something wrong. Oh yes, absolutely. But just saying sorry all the time, as in like even like when you're trying to open a drawer and someone's in the way and your your friend is trying to open a drawer and you're in the way don't say sorry just say oh excuse me or you know what i mean yeah oh my bad i'm looking at you i know you are <laughs> and i'm reading right along yep <laughs> <laughs> for what <laughs> um Number five, embrace your imperfections. And I'm going to get into that a little Absolutely. bit later. Absolutely. But you should not have to apologize for the way that you look. And if someone is making you feel that way, then tell them to fuck off. And I'll, and I'll give you an example of when you don't have to tell them to fuck off. Uh, but that's coming later. That's mm-hmm. in the next list. Um, number six, get support. If you are racked with guilt and shame, even when you've done nothing wrong... Professional support may be helpful for addressing underlying self-worth issues or a history of trauma. Therapy. Yep. I did read some because I was originally going to do the apology thing. We we couldn't figure out how to format this. Mm -hmm. And I do remember seeing that it's kind of a reflex of people who have anxiety, but it actually does the actual act of apologizing actually increases your stress. Yeah. So it's almost... It's almost like a form of self-harm because you're increasing your stress. And it also, it it makes people feel like they have to forgive you, but they don't understand what they're forgiving you for. Yeah. So it just kind of builds some negativity and weird resentment in a relationship when you just keep apologizing reflexively like that. Yeah. So it's really important because stress is so harmful and I don't know. Those of us who, it's really weird to me. I don't know. I just found that fascinating that those yeah. of us who are already prone to anxiety tend to apologize more and it because increases we feel our stress guilty. and yeah. it increases our stress. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know. I never even thought about it like that until you said something about it last night. Yeah, I was like, whoa. It just, that just, it blew my mind. Yeah. So when you think about it like that, you can be like, okay, wow. Well, yeah. I really do need to stop apologizing all the time. Yeah. Cause it's hurting you and it's hurting your friends. Like yeah. it actually is hurting. Because it, it makes them feel like they've done something wrong to make you feel like you need to apologize is the yeah. thing. And that's kind of what I felt like when when we first became friends because you apologize so much. Like, this is not me accusing you, by the way. Like, don't apologize at all. It's okay. just something. It's just an observation because I was like, why do I feel so bad all the time? 
And it was, see, don't do that. I just watched your eyes. Don't do that. Don't feel bad because we're both working on it and we're both mm-hmm. learning. But I really did. I've always, I, I kind of was like, well, wh- why do I feel so bad when she apologizes like that? And it's, th- it's because it makes me feel like I've done something to make you feel like you need to apologize, mm-hmm. which I haven't. It's just from your trauma and it's from my trauma and we both have anxiety and that's what it is. Yeah. But it does kind of increase that feeling of negativity or that, that weird feeling of guilt in both parties and that's not what you want in a friendship you know yeah. what i'm saying you just don't want to pollute the waters that way so yeah. we just all need to make sure that we try and think of ourselves more positively yeah and carrie and i've been friends for going on three years now yeah. so i mean you can't overcome this oh absolutely like, <laughs> <laughs> um I just, it didn't make me not want to be around you yeah obviously <laughs> <laughs> i love you very much but oh, i love you too yeah um okay thanks <laughs> uh, so here are seven things to stop apologizing for according to Catherine Schieber a contributor to greatest is existing on this list <laughs> maybe Kaylin <laughs> I'm so disappointed in you Kaylin <laughs> I hate it when my mom uses my full name Aww. well I mean she calls me my full name all the time well but. yeah I know because she gave it to you. She yeah. gets to. You tore her labia when you exited her vagina. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, she she's allowed to call me. Wants. Yeah. <laughs> well, not whatever she wants. Well, but. not whatever she wants, but she can call you what it, she can call you by her full name if she damn well pleases. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. Another of my favorite lines from A Simple Favor. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Um, Okay, so number one are your feelings. Uh, When we apologize for feeling hurt or even passionate about something, we minimize ourselves in a misguided attempt to protect others. This also applies to not wanting to be in a relationship, not wanting to be in a friendship. Like, you don't have to apologize for not having those feelings. Absolutely. I mean, it might hurt the other other person's feelings, but... I've definitely apologized for those kind of things before. Yeah. I've apologized for a lot of this. Yeah. And, you know, it might hurt their feelings, but it'll be better for them in the long run if you're not just. Yeah, especially if you're if you're if it's like a breakup situation. Mm -hmm. Don't apologize for not loving them anymore. I mean, it's maybe apologize for your actions if they were wrong. But Mm -hmm. in the long run, it's better to be someone who loves you back. Yeah, they'll be happier in the long run. Yeah, it's better to be with someone who chooses you who actually wants to be with you. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, Number two, you never have to apologize for your appearance. It's okay if you look tired. It's okay if you don't wear makeup. It's okay if you don't have hips or have tummy rolls. It's okay if you like to dress nicely all the time or wear activewear. Come on. It's comfy. Mm -hmm. That was all me. (laughs) Um, You're a beautiful writer. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But, and this is a quote. Unless you roll into the office in sweatpants and a food-stained t-shirt or flagrantly flout the dress code required of a certain situation, attempting to atone for who you are and how you decided to style your hair today is positively uncalled for. Absolutely, I agree. Yes. Yep. If you roll into work wearing sweatpants and a (laughs) food-stained t-shirt, then you should probably apologize. Yes. There should be a good explanation for that behavior. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I mean, otherwise, fuck it. Yeah. 
Um, number three. You I never- mean, you probably shouldn't like be naked in public. Like, yeah. let's be real. Follow the law. Yeah, that'll that's probably uncomfortable for other people. Yeah, but like, make a little bit of an effort. Yeah. But, <laughs> but shit, if you want to wear pajamas to Walmart, there, that's your damn right. There was, they're they're expensive. There's a picture of a woman that was like realwalmart.com or whatever. You yes. know, there's a picture of a woman and she is like 300 pounds and is wearing a tank top as pants. Oh. Inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you should also apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry, I literally have no clothes. <laughs> because otherwise what were you thinking yeah (laughs) and her like hips are poking through the armholes and like it's just like i feel yeah that's not okay Um, (laughs) yeah ouch that's not pants that's not a skirt (laughs) that's not a knife (laughs) oh goodness not to body shame anyone but wear clothes damn it like yeah (laughs) They're there for a reason. Dress for your body type. Yeah. There's something flattering for everyone out there. Yes. And a tank top as pants is not good on anyone, <laughs> no matter your size. If you wore a tank top as pants, I would seriously question your sanity. Yes. Like. Yes. I would too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Uh, you should never apologize for needing me time. Sometimes you just can't. People vary in the amount of personal space they need to get through the day. Yes, queen. Yes. Um, Anxious people, for instance, may need more than others. So it's critical to our well-being that we request the room necessary to mentally breathe, even if that means turning down a friend for a workout date here and there. Love you. I love you, too. (laughs) Love you, bye. Love you, bye. (laughs) I just can't today. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, oh i just did it again damn it (laughs) it's okay we're working on it yes Um, rome wasn't built in a day uh number four asking a question we invalidate ourselves when we apologize for posing a question some of us may do so to protect our egos fearing that a peer or colleague will roll their eyes or snicker at our lack of knowledge Mm -hmm. yeah that's fair i'm always really afraid of seeming stupid yeah and i'm growing out of not wanting to seem like a know-it-all as well yeah because i'm fucking smart and i don't care (laughs) yeah if your opinion is less of me because i have a brain then yours is not an opinion i want (laughs) praise jesus right preach (laughs) like amen (laughs) this is the christian episode (laughs) the christian episode that's full of the f word We've had Sunday school. We've had a praise to Jesus. <laughs> this is my We've Karen. had fucking Christ. This is my this is my Karen moment of I've been trying to tell you about the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> my Karen Kilgariff moment. Oh jeez, I love her so much. She is wonderful. Oh, she's my spirit animal. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Um oh, fuck. Number five um, is not to apologize for other people's behavior. Unless you've introduced Mm. someone to a person who treats them like shit. Think setting up a date between two friends you totally thought would get along only to find out one of them was a total jerk to the other. Oh, shit. (laughs) The way others (laughs) act is completely out of your control and thus no grounds for issuing an apology. I agree. Uh, Number six, not responding immediately. I actually did that. 
Oh, uh, yeah. We were out to dinner for my birthday recently, and there was a table next to us that was just belligerently fucking drunk, and they were so loud. Like, everyone in the restaurant was staring at them. Yeah. And, like, again, you don't have to apologize. You you don't have to apologize for having fun, mm-hmm. but there's a time and a place, and yeah. this was, like, a really upscale restaurant. Oh. Like, everything on the menu was at least double digits. Yeah. Upwards towards twenty to thirty dollars a plate kind of place. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't go there except for special occasions. It was my thirtieth fucking birthday, you know. Yeah. So we went out, and they—I mean—they were at the bar waiting on their table, mm-hmm. and then, I mean, the waitress came by their table several times, and they hadn't gotten food, so they were drunk on empty stomachs. Oh. And they were so fucking loud, and the the, the waitress looked like she was about to cry. I felt so bad for her. Yeah. Um. And also, she was having to pick up someone else's slack, and I, she came over, and I told her, I, I mean, I told her, I was like, thank you for doing such an amazing job. You are doing so wonderfully. I'm so sorry that you have to deal with this. And she was like, oh, don't apologize. It's not your fault, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I, I'm still sorry. Yeah. Like, I feel for you, is what I was trying to say. You yeah. know what I mean? And she was like, thank you so much for telling me that I'm doing a good job, because I feel like I'm running around like a chicken Aww. with my head cut off. And it just... But I shouldn't have apologized for their behavior. What I meant to say was I really feel for you. And that's probably what I should have said instead. That's one thing this article did talk about. It's like, say what you mean. Yeah. And mean what you say. Mean what you say. (laughs) Say what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Number six, I think, is really important. Um, Not responding immediately to a text, call, or email. To avoid caving when too many people want to hear back from you this instant, say something like, I haven't forgotten about you, I'm just a little slammed here at work, or I'm still Mm. working on getting you an answer, so hang tight. Oh, like instead of saying sorry for the delay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, People appreciate the confirmation that you're aware of their needs, just don't ever forget that you have needs too. And then when you apologize, you make them feel bad for wanting your attention. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which I just thought of. So, yeah, definitely just it's it's always, you know, words have that power. It's like mm-hmm. we talked about in verbal abuse. I mean, it just words have more power, f- more power than anyone wants to admit. And it's just a small adjustment in your syntax that mm-hmm. words. Will I don't know stick if it's a proper you. use of the word syntax or not, but I've had tequila. And I don't fucking care. <laughs> so <laughs> as someone with a degree in English, <laughs> yes, as someone with a degree in English, I don't give a shit. So <laughs> I'd love to hear your emails. <laughs> I really stopped listening when you improperly used the word syntax. Just <laughs> really offended my sensibility. <laughs> If someone stops listening for that reason, <laughs> oh, we're going to have funny, some issues. Right? <laughs> You're still trying to figure out the fucking sound. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, number seven is kind of what we talked a little bit about earlier mm-hmm. with my family situation. Um, circumstances you can't control. Instead of yeah. confusing the situation by verbalizing a responsibility you don't actually have, so gently um, say something like, that's too bad, or that must be really hard for you. Um, yeah, that, yeah. Absolutely can't help but say the S word. Then add a few more words to convey what you mean, such as, I'm sorry that happened. That way it sounds less like you're taking the blame for something that totally isn't your fault. Right. So, what can you say instead? I do have to thank Carrie for this. She sent me an amazing article from mm-hmm. NBC. Um, I loved it, and I couldn't help but pass it on. Cause yeah. Uh, So what you're going to do is you're going to flip the script Uh, from a neuroscientific perspective. um, 
you need to curb the constant need to apologize. It requires the same strategy as kicking any other habit and thus building a strong new pathway in the brain. Yeah. Uh, So you're going to do that through an awareness that you want to change. Mm -hmm. Attention to each time you apologize excessively. Um, Accountability. Have a friend or partner alert you each time you do it. Hey, babe. (laughs) Hey there. (laughs) How you doing? (laughs) Uh, mindfully swapping out apologies for other phrases. So instead of reverting to apologies, here are some options. Okay. Uh, so instead of saying I'm sorry to like get through, like get to a drawer that someone's standing in front of or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, say, when you're, like when you're in the way. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Pardon me. Go ahead. After you or your turn. Okay. Um, instead of saying sorry to interrupt you, say, oh, this is, um, what I needed to use, sorry. Or, um, this is what we needed to use instead. <laughs> uh, I'd like to add. This has been so fun. <laughs> I have an idea. Uh-huh. I'd like to expand on that. Um, oh, this is for interrupting. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so instead of saying sorry to complain, switch it to thank you for listening. Instead of apologizing yeah. in an email, consider saying thank you for catching that. I appreciate you bringing this error to my attention or thanks for flagging this issue for me. That's brilliant for customer service, especially Mm -hmm. most of my customer service is through email now. So that that's great because then it puts like, oh, like instead of apologizing to the customer and being like, oh, yeah, they were wrong. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah, I have attention to detail or. Everybody may, I don't know. It just seems more positive. Yeah. On both counts. And this might be extremely helpful for you since you do a lot of your customer service Mm -hmm. through email. Um, Let's see here. There's a plugin for it that you can put on Google and it's, uh, it's called just not sorry to alert you to words that undermine your message. That's amazing. Yeah. There's an app for everything. Like literally. Mm hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. And last but not least, um, if you're running a little late, instead of saying sorry, consider thank you for waiting for me. I would not recommend that if you're late for work and someone is trying to leave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like you're taking their place and they and you're 45 minutes late. Yeah. Thank you for waiting for me is probably not <laughs> a great probably thing not to say. The- it's more like you're 10 or 15 minutes late and you're supposed to meet a friend for lunch. Yeah. Or... We're supposed to call someone or, you know, thank you for waiting for me is very appropriate. But yeah. definitely apologize if you're 45 minutes late for your shift and someone is now late getting home. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> because of your actions, you were wrong in that instance for yes. sure. <laughs> Just to clarify, because yeah. that happened to you recently and I know. Yes. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. It has happened to me a lot. Yeah. It's hard to find good help. Yeah. <laughs> for sure last time or i thought i read the question last time so you rolled talking to your microphone yes (laughs) it's your turn to read (laughs) we may have fucked this up it's several times in a row because Kay thinks she's always (laughs) roller it's fine i like rolling i do too ready no. <laughs> yes. One. I feel like we always get the top or the bottom. Yeah, seriously. I'm going to roll again. Okay. Two. All right. That's <laughs> different. Kind of. What is it? Is it stupid? 
Yeah. What is it? What's the tackiest Valentine's Day gift you ever received? I received one in my life, and it was very nice. What was no, it? I'm just, um, well, my mom would give me one every year, but I'm, I know that this is talking about, like, from a significant other. But the only time I ever actually had a boyfriend on Valentine's Day, um, he was so sweet. He and his mom, like, made homemade candy, and, like, it was my favorite type of candy. Like, yeah. it was chocolate and peanut butter. And uh-huh. um, he got a... Solid. Yeah, <laughs> he got a teddy bear and some balloons, and he put all that in my locker. Yeah, see, mine's sweet, too, because, like, J- when Josh and I first started dating, I was like, oh, I've never really had, like, a corny Valentine's Day, and so he mm-hmm. got me a teddy bear that says, like, hug me with a little, holding a little heart and got me roses uh-huh. and shit like that, and... For Valentine's Day this year, my mom got me a llama that said, llama loves you, and a candle. For Valentine's Day this year, Josh went on a goose hunting trip, and I bought him Halloween. Aww. And he still has bought me nothing for Aww. Valentine's Day. It's fine. So another question. Yeah, let's do a different one. I'm going to cut all this fucking out. <laughs> um, God damn it. Kay! <laughs> when was the last time you felt like you were wearing too much makeup? I don't wear makeup. Uh, <laughs> okay, here's one. When we made that YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> um... If you were to get a tattoo tomorrow, what would you choose? Footprints from the Marauder's Map around my Deathly Hallows. Ooh, that's awesome. Done. Or Defy Gravity on my arm, over on my left arm. Aw. In the, uh, in the, the muscle bit. Yeah. I don't know what you call it. The, the, <laughs> the strength pose. Arm. Yeah. Yeah. On my bicep. <laughs> um, I would get my dragon on my leg. Um, Your dragon. Yeah, my mom's gonna design a tattoo for me. That, oh, cute! Like, is mainly a dragon, and yeah, my that's mom's awesome. an artist, and I want some of her art on my body. Yay! <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I always want Defy Gravity. Wicked really speaks to me as a musical. As corny as it sounds, it's and very I'm wearing much a about. Shirt. Yes, <laughs> it's very much about like I don't know. I always. I know that everyone's favorite song is Defy Gravity or, you know, whatever. I know it's the most popular one, but it, it really, really stri- strikes a chord with me because it's all about trusting your instincts and um, and knowing not playing, what's right and yeah. not playing by the rules and that's and embracing that part of yourself as opposed mm-hmm. to just conforming because it's right. We have to sign off because I'm about to pee myself. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening. So, more than anything, we want you to remember, you are not a monster. Bye. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Check out our Tumblr blog, at Talk Crooked, for sources and photos. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Talk Crooked. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We are currently a self-funded podcast, so if you would like to donate and receive a shout-out on air, please visit us at patreon.com slash talkcrooked. Eventually, we will start doing listener episodes. If you have your personal stories related to our previous episodes, email us at talkcrooked at gmail.com. For business inquiries or sponsorships, email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. Okay, bye! Bye!